Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. Your host, Silouan, great to be with you on this Tuesday. Going to share an article with you that I read over the weekend that I think it's important to consider in the times that we are in, especially when we watch the news and the media and we see what's going on around us and we're trying to form an opinion. It's from Glenn Greenwald, incredible journalist writing for TheIntercept.com, and he talks about how For lack of a better term, we are coming apart at the seams. He begins by talking about that the global pandemic, economic and social shutdown, mass unemployment, and enduring protest movement provoking increasing levels of violence and volatility in a presidential election, all happening simultaneously all of which have exploded in just a few months. And what's the result of that? It's not really the physical toll, although there is a physical toll, obviously. There's COVID deaths, people have been sick. But it's the long-term emotional and psychological toll. How great is it, you may ask? Well, this is one of the questions he talks about in this article that he considers. And it's kind of based on a poll that just came out. This is frightening to think about. Researchers wanted to know in the last 30 days how many people had considered suicide. This is what they found. For 18 to 24-year-olds, no, no, this, listen to this, 25.5%, one out of every four young Americans said they had considered suicide. Now think about that. Suicide is an answer to a problem. Suicide is the type of thing mentally, spiritually, that you look at life, it seems unbearable to you, you look for answers, you look for ways out, and you have a moment or moments that you feel like your only way out is suicide. That is one in four young Americans, 18 to 24. Now, if you expand that age range or you go a little bit older, You look at the 25 to 44-year-olds, it was still extreme, 16%. 25 to 44, more mature, been around the block, seen bad things before, still 16%. If you look at the entire U.S. population, 10%. Now think about that. 10% of the U.S. population had seriously contemplated suicide in the month of June. One out of 10 people, look around you right now. You're driving around, listening to this maybe. Maybe you're at home, maybe you're at work. Maybe the next time you're at Walmart, and just think, think about this. Demographics aside, you look at 10 people, one of them in June thought about suicide. And what is it now in July and in August when things are continuing can't even play sports fully, can't go to concerts. Things are still shut down. It's getting worse. 
And if you think that's bad, you know, because suicide, that's an extreme measure. You know, you might say to yourself, well, maybe they were already there. Maybe, you know, they were just weak people. I mean, who knows what people say. But in addition to that, they found that according to the CDC and the data they collected, 40.9% of respondents reported at least one adverse mental or behavioral health condition including symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorders. Now think about that. A mental health or behavioral health condition means it's seriously serious enough somebody would say go see a counselor. Go talk to a chaplain. That's 41% of all people. That's almost half of everyone you know. That's half of everybody listening to me right now. What's, what's government doing to address it? Well, let me tell you something. Whatever they're doing to address it won't work. All you got to do is look at veterans and first responders. For decades now, we have known how serious suicide is among veterans and first responders. And all kinds of programs, all kinds of things have been tried, none of which have worked, period. It's worse. The problem is worse now than it has ever been. Something that was reassuring to me, though, about reading this is one of their conclusions, or their primary conclusion. See, something I've been saying for years, people will ask me, especially in, in relationship to veterans, just because it's the type of thing people think about when you think of suicide, because it's in the news, and they, you know, and it's like, you know, you know, World War II was bad. Right after Vietnam was bad, why were there many suicides then or there are now? And, and having done this for years, traveling for years, done many small groups, met with many people, I, I, I've really attributed it to one thing, a lack of community, a breakdown of relationships. After World War II, it was normal to be, go to church regularly. It was normal to be part of a club. I mean, look at, all, look at you know, things like the Lions Club, organizations like that, how big they became in the 50s, 60s, 70s. So people back then didn't talk about these problems anymore. They didn't go to counselors. They didn't get to therapies. But they didn't kill themselves as great a rate. And I have always attributed that to mainly community. When you're in community, life seems important. When you got big families, when you got generations living near each other, get together on Sunday after church, there are churches everywhere. They're filled with people. People join clubs, okay? You, you survive this by just living. I mean, I know that sounds simple, but it's true. You survive it by just living. But over time, as we become more and more isolated, people move away. People don't join organizations. People don't join communities at church. What happens? We get more isolated and alone. And when you're isolated and alone, that is the most dangerous place to be. So how does... This report, this, these studies that Glenn Greenwald looked at, how, how did they end up? What's one of their conclusions? Well, this comes from Dr. Laurel Williams, chief of psychiatry at Texas Children's Hospital. He's talking to NBC when discussing the rise of depression. And again, remember something. When you see your typical like mental health awareness stuff, We've never had more therapies, we've never had more drugs, we've never had more mental health awareness, we've never spent more money on it, and the problems all get worse. They don't get better. And here's what he said. 
There's a lack of community. There's the amount of time that we spend in front of screens and not in front of other people. If you don't have a community to reach out to, then your hopelessness doesn't have any place to go. Amen. And one of the things he mentions there, I believe, why now we're in such a crisis. Because it's over the last 10 years that the prevalence of screens, of phones, and kids and people of all ages have increased. That's where people's heads are. Which makes it harder to be in community. Which makes it easier to just stay at home in a room. So at a time when technology has made us increasingly more and more isolated and alone, boom, what do we get hit with within a period of months? Global pandemic, economic and social shutdown, mass unemployment, a protest movement that's burning down cities, violence, volatility, and probably one of the most divisive, angry presidential elections in the history of our country. And what's the result? One out of four young kids want to kill themselves. And by the way, who are those kids? Those are kids that have grown up in an age where divorce is normal, where relationships and meaning are separated from sex, participation trophies, not learning how to overcome adversity, but learning how to point fingers at other people when you go through adversity. What's the result of that? Traditional things aren't as important. Going to church, being parts of clubs, being parts of teams. I mean, even though sports has never been more predominant in our culture, professional sports, never have fewer kids played sports, been active. A lot of kids sitting around playing video games that in the past would have been out playing baseball, playing kickball. And what have we done to them? What have we done to our kids? We have turned them into emotional wrecks who are hopeless because that is where suicide comes from. It's a hopelessness. It's hopelessness that life can offer me anything. It's an equation that death is more attractive than life, that I see more to benefit from dying than I do living. And when an 18 to 24-year-old young man or woman feels that way, we have failed them. Our politicians have failed them. Our mental health system has failed them. All of them by not understanding what the real problem is. Now, there's one thing I would add to community. It's meaning, which comes from community. I believe to be healthy, you got to have community. you got to have meaning. My hero, Viktor Frankl, and his equation on despair his whole theory of psychology is basically based on that. You know, despair is suffering without meaning. Well, it's a lot easier to suffer by yourself, and it's a lot harder to find meaning by yourself. But in community, not only do we have help, do we have the support we need to get through the times in life we suffer, you find meaning in it all. A marriage is hard. Raising a family is hard. When you stick together through the hardest times, you're able to come through it and look back and go, I couldn't have done this by myself. So as mad as I am at you, I know I couldn't have done it without you. And you stay together. Family, kids, well, organizations are the same way, but that's not our culture anymore. It's no, you are what's important. Go be on your own. It just creates a fragile 
mindset that can be easily toppled over and destroyed. And when that happens, you're alone and you're hopeless. You think you've only got one answer. So I'm just going to end today's program with just one thing. If you look around the world and you think it's a mistake that we don't emphasize church and families, you're right. You're not wrong. If you think screen time, technology, the way we teach our kids in schools is the problem, you're not wrong. If you think there's too much of a focus on drugs and meds and not enough focus on human interaction, you're not wrong. And if you look around and think most of the world is crazy, you're not wrong. We've allowed ourselves to become crazy. (laughs) When one in four kids, 18 to 24, are thinking of suicide, what's that say about their parents? What's that say about their school teachers? What that tells me, they haven't done a very good job. (laughs) They have not done a very good job. And you are not crazy. And change begins with truth. Being honest about what is happening and what we see. And that is truth. Share it. Own it. Do something about it. Which we'll talk about. Next three episodes. I think we'll make this a week of community and meaning. Can't talk about it enough. So tune in tomorrow. Download tomorrow. Stream tomorrow. Whatever the heck you do. I am your host, Siloam. Until next time, I want you to aim high. Spread your wings so you can fly. Hopefully fly with other people. Sometimes it's good to fly alone, but sometimes you got to fly with other people. That's good. Community is good. And keep your eyes on the things that matter. Community and meaning. Because without them, we let down our kids. We leave them hopeless. We don't teach them how to live. I will see you soon. Until then, as always, I wish you peace. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on the Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.